What's up, guys? Welcome to the Lazy Boy QBs podcast. I am your co-host, Chad Larson, uh, on this Wednesday afternoon, beautiful Wednesday afternoon here in Virginia, recording with the one, the only, the greatest co-host, Dolphins fan, and shameless plug out there, Jonathan Ryder. Johnny, how are we feeling today? Man, I'm feeling outstanding today, Chad. Caffeine is pumping in. We got football to talk about. Man, I'm feeling good. How about yourself, Chad? Hey, man, I'm, I'm doing excellent. Uh, I'm excited, as always, excited for championship weekend. Um, but, guys, before we get started, I will be uh, – I would be regretful if I didn't give a shout-out because I, I know he's too humble to say it himself. Give a big shout-out to Johnny. Uh, him and his wife are celebrating their wedding anniversary oh, on the date man. of recording. But he's so committed that he's going to still do the podcast for us today. So to that, I salute you, sir. And I say thank you to your wife for putting up with you. <laughs> I will say, I'm like, hun, hun, 12 o'clock. She's like, I know, I know. I'm like, all right, cool, cool. Thanks, hun. Uh, nice. But thank you, Chad. Thank you, thank you. I'm very, you know, humbled by you. And, and I just want to say this guy also shot, you know, a podcast right before his birthday last week, you know, yeah. so. Hey, we do know, what we do for the we, people. We do it for, for the, the people. people. Um, so. Very, this guy, hey, don't forget the, the, the actual real shout out, right? Like, forget my marriage. Shout out to <laughs> 305. Yeah. 757. Yeah. 786, guys. Yeah. Uh, my wife up. probably heard that though, so uh <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You're 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 a podcast host. You can talk your way out of it. You'll be all right. <laughs> uh, no, but uh Johnny, you know, obviously like we said, championship weekend coming up. We're gonna dive into that a little bit later. To start off though, the big news that kind of broke just within the last hour before we started recording, um Philip Rivers announced his retirement. Now there was he, he was in Indianapolis on that one year twenty five million dollar deal, um, you know I think in the beginning of the season it was kind of uh, people would you say the general consensus was that that was looking like more of a one and done type of thing for him? Yeah, um, I mean at, at least for me it was. Uh, yeah. I it, I think it would it was really dependent on what happened this year. Um, maybe if he had gone one more round into the playoffs, I don't know, but I, I think, I think Philip left it all in the field this year. Absolutely. And that's, that's what I was going to say is in the beginning of the year, I felt like it was, you know, a considered consensus one and done for him, uh, in Indy. But I I felt like as the season continued and, you know, even into the playoffs, at least to me, maybe, maybe this was just in my eyes, but I felt like there was more momentum that there was a good chance that he was going to come back. Um, I thought they had a really good team. Um, you know, they were kind of unfortunate to draw Buffalo, who I think was the hottest team, you know, of the or in the entire NFL, you know, when they played them. Um, but yeah, so Rivers, we salute his career, ended fifth, fifth career in passing yards, uh, fifth passing touchdowns and an eight time pro bowler. And Jonathan, the most impressive stat of them all, I think, is that one right below it. 252 consecutive starts for the guy iron man i know i know and and you know we we always talk about you know who has the most skill who's fastest who has the strongest arm you know most accuracy but man the old saying always goes the best ability is availability and and philip rivers was one that 
definitely lived up to that. Yeah, and Chad, you know, we don't see the what happens after the game, right? Absolutely. You don't see Philip when he goes home or back to the hotel on Sunday night, or you know, and wakes up on Monday morning. We don't know how he feels, Absolutely. and and uh, and this guy is one of the ultimate competitors. Uh, his <laughs> the way he he rants on the field with no actual curse <laughs> words is hilarious. The <laughs> the god dang it, you know. Yes. Um, yes. It, it, I feel like. In order for this guy to finally set it down, it's just he probably felt that I cannot do this at a level that I want to do this. I cannot do what I used to do before. Um, I, I don't know why, but lately I feel like his releases have even become the release has become more funkier. And yeah. I started to wonder, is like, is, is that the shoulder? Is that fatigue? Um even during the Buffalo game, it, it, and they played that game really tough, by the way. Absolutely. Um, I mean, they look better than the Baltimore Ravens did a, a, against Buffalo. 100%. 100%. Much better. And yeah. uh, it, it's kind of sad, right? It's like it's the end of an era because this is when I really, at least for myself, Chad, um, kind of get into the draft and football and the sure. whole Eli Manning thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. like th this is one of like the, the guys I grew up watching him in, in an LT and then him and the, the Antonio Gates connection. Um, like what a cool guy to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you really hit on a good point. You know, that oh, I believe it was 2004 draft where him and Eli, Eli was taken number one by the Chargers. You know, Rivers taken third by the Giants, and then they ended up getting flipped. That was kind of, you know, the, the start of a new era for quarterbacks, right? Where, you know, you kind of started to slowly see those guys start to come in. Um, Breeze was kind of coming up, or had already had already came up, but was, you know, elevating around the same time as them. So, you know, it, it was, it, it was, it's nice to see it. Um, but then at the, at the same time, Jonathan, it's kind of sad because, you know, I feel like, over these past, you know, two to three, really over the past two, three years, we've been in this golden era of quarterbacks in the NFL. And what I mean by that is, you know, look at the 32 teams, right? Mm -hmm. We talk about how there can be a lot of teams that may want to switch up their quarterbacks, but it's because there are a lot of guys that have, you know, that are, that are good quality quarterbacks, whether that's some of the older guys who are starting to phase out, you know, like Rivers, your Breezes, your Roethlisberger's. <laughs> Brady, Rodgers, those guys. And then you have that nice mix also of the younger guys that are kind of starting to come up. You know, Mahomes, Lamar, Kyler Murray, um, Josh Allen, you know, guys like that. Um, even throw Justin Herbert and, and Joe Burrow in that mix. But I, I just feel like over the past couple of years, we've kind of been in this era where you've got the mix of the young guys, you've got the old guys, and then you've also got that group in the middle where it's like, hey, don't forget about us. You know, yep. we're somewhat in our prime, in the prime of our careers. You know, you're, you're Matt Ryan, you're Matt Stafford types. Um, you're Russell guys, Wilson. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Couldn't, could not forget about him. Um, not Mitchell Trubisky, uh, <laughs> just to make that clear. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I think, I think he's already, his, his son is setting already. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, and it's just, it's sad that now, you know, we saw Manning retire, what was it, last year, I think, or two years ago? I think it was Eli? last year. Yeah. Eli was last year. God, that feels like it was forever ago. Uh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we've got him fading out of the game, Rivers. So, you know, we're going to start to see these guys. And Big Ben? 
he, he could be next, right? Like, he, they're probably going to yeah. force him back into the field next year. Yeah. But I, that's the thing. I, 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 that, that's not a long term. Yeah. I, I think next year's his last year. Like, I thought between Rivers, Breeze, and Roethlisberger, because I think those were the three who were, like, you know, really on the fence. I, I think we kind of knew Brady's going to come back next year. Um, yeah. Rodgers is going to come back. Obviously, he's still, I mean, he's still playing as good as ever. But, you know, the Roethlisberger, Breeze, and Rivers trio, I thought Rivers would have been most likely to come back out of that group, honestly. Um, I know Ben has the has a lot of money sitting on the table for him next year. But it's just, you know, the comments he was making after the game and, you know, just kind of the way he carries himself as where, and, and this isn't an indictment on, on Big Ben by any means, but it was just he didn't seem like football was what, was what like football didn't kill him the same way that I felt like it did for Rivers. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It, it, you know, he was, a, he was a guy that was kind of playing games with the organization, mulling retirement, throwing retirement out there. And he was well, part of that 04 draft class as well. Yes, he was. Uh, he was the third quarterback taken in that draft class. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, R- Rivers, I, I, I don't know. It, it's... I knew he was coming back for one year, and I think if he wanted more years, he would have signed a deal that would have given him multiple years. Uh, you yeah. know, in kind of like a Tom Brady, right? I, to be honest, I don't know if Tom Brady comes back next year. I really feel like if I Tom think, wins at all, yeah. I think Tom doesn't want to come back next year. Uh, I agree. I want to leave after throwing 43 touchdown passes in a regular season, right? I set all these franchise records. I could just leave. And then, it, point made, Tom. You superseded what you had with Belichick, and yeah. you did it without him. Um, yeah. yeah, that would be the ultimate going out on top, I think, in a way that no other, you know, even Elway, when he won those two Super Bowls, when he was, you know, right at the end of his career. Um, right. That that was more so, you know, even with him to just validate that he was one of the greatest of all, like one of the greatest of all time. Of all time. Uh, with, Ch- with oh no, going go back to Rivers, yeah. uh, I think I think you were gonna say it, right? What what was I gonna say? Uh, is he is he a Hall of Famer? Oh, I think uh, God, you know, looking at and it's so hard, right? I'm gonna answer the question, I promise. But it, it's so hard <laughs> looking looking at the numbers nowadays because you know we're just in an era where passing yards, passing touchdowns just are so easy so much easier to come by and teams are just emphasizing it way more so to look up and see you know he's fifth uh in yards fifth and touchdowns you know you would think he's no doubt of course he's going to be a pro or a hall of famer mm-hmm. i i think he is i think the eight pro bowls really does mean something okay um, but it, it's like he kind of he grew up in the perfect time to be a quarterback and also like one of the least perfect times to be a quarterback because there were so many other great quarterbacks, especially in the AFC, you know, when he was kind of doing his thing. You yes. had Brady and Manning were really kind of running the AFC for a good majority of it. Um, and then, you know, R- Rivers, I, I, I never felt like had the had the team around him. And also, I don't know if he could ever get to that level as a playoff guy where you were like, okay, this is Phillip Rivers' AFC, you mm-hmm. know. I think he was comfortable when it came to winning the division for a handful of years. Yes. But when it came to actually doing anything in the playoffs, I just he was never a guy I 100% trusted in a big spot. And I think that's kind of going to be the what-if part of his career, you know, the black mark on his career. 
But I, I, in spite of that, I do still think he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Okay, uh, I, 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 I disagree. Yeah, I was gonna say so, I could tell as soon as you started. I could tell by because, your tone <laughs> because the conversation is, is already starting, right? Like, yeah. is he gonna? Because the the last few like guys that we kind of equate with Philip Rivers, right, for the longevity, um, like like Peyton Manning was like the, the last huge guy to to retire. Um, he he he's in the Hall of Fame. Eli Manning, to me, with two Super Bowls is not in the Hall of Fame. And neither is Phillip Rivers. Um, I don't think he... Phillip, Phillip never won an MVP. Yeah. You yeah. know? And then one of the biggest questions to me, it becomes like, he also never made an All-Pro team, I think. Yeah, and, and that's... You know? I, I so, agree. Because, you know, I, I don't care about Pro Bowls, right? right like I care right. about All-Pros. Absolutely. Um, but and, at the quarterback and, position, that's just... It's just so hard because it's like, okay, were you – I mean, there's literally – obviously, there's one of them on the team. So right. it's like, were you one of the two best QBs? Okay, if not, you know, here, you're going into this other category of you were a pro bowler but not good enough to be the all-pro. So I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, I think it's it's a bit harsh. But go ahead. I think you're. I think I cut you off a little. No, it, it, look, it, 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 you could also – I count second all-pro team as well, so it's two of them. He's just never a guy that throughout his career, uh, I was like, okay, this guy is like a top five consistently in the league. Yeah, yeah. You I, know, I, I, I could 100% see that. You know, because Tom Brady's always overshadowed him. Um, yeah. You know, when Peyton Manning when he was in his prime, he overshadowed him. And then as of late in the league, you know, as, as, as unfortunately as Rivers is kind of like getting his peak and declining, um, then you get the newer guys. You get your Russell Wilson, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, Aaron Rodgers is like destroying the earth. Um, so I, I don't think he is. And to me, can I be honest with you? Uh, to me, it's supposed to be hard to get to the Hall of Fame. It doesn't mean you have to be just great. You have to be exceptionally great. Um, yeah, no, and I, I don't think Rivers is that right, you know. So no, I, I don't think he is. Yeah, and you know, and you know, when you say that, when you put it in that type of context, as you know, was did I ever consistently think of this guy as a top five quarterback? I think the problem with him is he 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 never was able to put like a string of maybe three to four like really super consistent years together at a time, mm-hmm. which I think is what in in the end will be what if he does not if he doesn't make the hall of fame that'll be uh-huh. kind of what what does it for him um because you know you you see these year i mean hell his first year as a starter he was a pro bowler his very first year as a starter in 06 he was a pro bowler at 25 years old and then if you're them you're probably thinking man you know the sky's the limit for this guy um but then he you know then he takes a couple years off then makes three straight pro bowls and then does it make another Pro Bowl again for like five more years? Chad, do you know who who, who was a Pro Bowler? There, I mean, hell, Mitch Trubisky was a Pro Bowler. Exactly, before. that was my name. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, that, and that's why like Pro Bowls to me, uh, the, the way that it's currently set up, they don't count. And I think it was, I know, but 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 God, they they shouldn't count. No, agreed, but but. And we've talked about this before, so you know yeah. I'm in I'm in the same boat as you, but I think we can honestly, you know, we're getting to the point now where it's like 
guys that we saw are the ones that are retiring. So we mm -hmm. can actually give an honest evaluation of their career. And we know, you know, I get it. Mitch Trubisky made a Pro Bowl. You know, hell, Andy Dalton made a couple Pro Bowls and shit like that. <laughs> but but there was a there's a genuine difference between when a Phillip Rivers is making the Pro Bowl as like, okay, I legitimately know like this guy is one of the three best QBs in the mm -hmm. conference versus, all right, here's Mitch Trubisky. He's the fifth injury replacement slash I just don't feel like going on the trip type of guy. Gotcha. You know, because we watched, you know, we watched it. We watched Mitch that year where he was a quote-unquote pro bowler. Yep. And no one, you know, <laughs> no one will ever be able to convince themselves. Even, fuck, even Mitch Trubisky doesn't think he wouldn't have voted for himself that year. You know? <laughs> so... So I think Ryan Pace might have been the only guy who actually voted Mitch Trubisky as a pro bowler that year. Like with Rivers, he was – you always put him in that same class, I think, as the elite guys, but you knew he was always in that lower end of that. Yes. A, a guy who – and I don't know how much this would resonate to you, but a guy who I think his career compares very favorably to in the NBA uh, is Carmelo Anthony. You know, a guy who yeah. always who always saw himself in that elite group – but when it was time, to, when the spotlight really, really got on him, it was like, ah, you know, do you really trust him in that type of spot? No, I, I agree with you. Um, and I'm looking at his career highlights and awards here. You know, uh, man, th his best years were before 2013. Yeah, that's where he peaked. Yeah, you know, NFL comeback player of the year in 2013. Yes, um, everything else like passing yards leader 2010, passing touchdowns leader 2008, passing rating leader 2008. So you know how sometimes they do those uh, um the quarterback like uh, rankings, but not necessarily the rankings, but what sphere you're in, what yes. level you're in. He, yep. I'm sorry, the tiers. Yep, he was always that second tier guy, right? Like. He, yes. I never see him make it into that first year. He was consistently in that second tier. Never yeah. third, but he was yeah. always second, but never first. Yeah, but when we were talking about the first tier at that time, you know, that first tier was like, okay, Breeze, Brady, Peyton Manning, we're done. You know, it wasn't were like there we? were... Were we? I mean, well, what years are you talking about? Because... But that's my thing. Any year, right? Like any given year, I never felt like Rivers was a top three quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. It's just to me, out of that 04 draft class, I felt like mm -hmm. he was the guy who and and don't I know, he, he he's the only one of that group that doesn't have a ring or of that group yeah. of three that doesn't have a ring. And and honestly, that's probably the part that's gonna end up knocking him in the long term, unfortunately. Uh-huh. Or that would give Eli or, and Ben, you know, the default push ahead of him. Yeah. But I, I always felt like I trusted Rivers way more than either one of those other two guys. I even, get it. even in the sense that, you know, I just finished saying I didn't necessarily trust him in a big spot, but I damn sure never trusted Eli Manning. <laughs> and, and, you know, Ben was a lot more up and down when it actually became his team than I think people realize. Rivers right. was up and down too. But I think Rivers' ups were a little bit higher than, than Ben's. It just never led to the playoff success because he didn't have the complete team. Yeah, and, and I feel like whatever happens to Eli Manning, 
Uh, as far as his Hall of Fame career, it, it's going to directly impact Philip Rivers. Yep. Um, because I don't think either of those guys make it, but if one of them makes it, the other one has to make it. Agree. Agreed. Completely agree. Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting, you know, I, that 04 group is – it doesn't get remember, you know. Eighty four obviously is the gold standard for for quarterbacks. I think it was five Hall of Famers. Yeah. Um, but 04 doesn't get talked about as much, and I mean that's three guys. While they may not be all Hall of Famers, that's three legitimate franchise quarterbacks taken, you know, in the top ten of. Or I think Ben might have been taken eleventh or something yes. like that. Um. But yeah, three guys taken right at the top of that draft, which you know I don't know. It'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting. No doubt. Um, moving on to, oh, and I would be reminisced to not include Philip Rivers' career highlight to me, um, playing in okay. that AFC Championship game with the torn ACL in 08 against the Patriots. Uh, they lost that game, I think, 21-12, but, and Rivers honestly didn't even play well, but just for him to be able to, he had torn the ACL against the Ravens the round before and then traveled to New England, played on it, and, you know. Just goes never, to continue to show what you talked about as a guy who always left it on the field. Never won a game against Brady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's... God, I'm sorry, Philip. I, I love yeah. you, man. Yeah, ultimate yeah. competitor, but yeah, <laughs> it's hard for me to counter that one. Um, so I'm gonna just go ahead and move on to the next topic then. Uh, <laughs> perks of being one of the co-hosts but the the next kind of bit of league news that we're going to talk about before we jump into the the championship game previews michael thomas uh star wide receiver for the new orleans saints um missing in action on sunday against the tampa bay buccaneers was held without a catch reports are saying that he's gonna he's set to have multiple ankle surgeries to uh, clean up ligament damage as well as um, I think a deltoid injury that he had suffered at the beginning of the season. Um, he, he suffered that injury in week one and then kind of just never got better from there. Um, they ended up putting him on the IR for three weeks at the end of the season so he could be healthy for the playoff run. Uh, not sure how much that helped him, you know, looking back on it because as we said, he struggled in that Tampa game. Mm-hmm. Um Jonathan, what do you think uh, is Michael Thomas's? So that's the headline. That, that wants to get us to a bigger picture question of what do you think Michael Thomas's future is in New Orleans? You know, we talked about them at nauseum. Yeah, Monday. and that and that's why I want you know the listeners to listen to your proposal. What do you think is going to happen? Because I think it's very interesting. Yeah, you know, so Thomas is he had, he just signed a, a fat extension last offseason, I believe yes. it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, five-year, $100 million deal, um, I think was the richest for a wide receiver in NFL history. Um, yes. Which at the time, I'll be honest, there weren't a lot of people who were griping about it because I think everyone, you know, he was consensus, one of the top guys. He came the off a, He came off a 149-catch season. Yeah. I mean, he, he set broke the, the record for most yeah, NFL. Yep. Yeah, he set the league record for catches. You know, no one's going to complain about you getting a new deal after that. Right. Um, especially, you know, a second-round guy who is – underpaid you know for the first four years of his career compared to his production but now he's in that five he's starting that five-year hundred million dollar extension he's got an 18.8 million dollar cap hit in 2021 for new orleans okay new orleans is 90 million in the hole as we talked about on on monday's episode 
it's just I don't see a situation where New Orleans' next great team is really going to have him on it because $19 million to a number one receiver is just a lot of money for a team that doesn't have a clear sense of direction with the quarterback, with the coach, you know, with all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, and then, and then also the three years after that, he's due over 21 million in each of those three years as well. Yes. Now I think where the saints are going to have to look to get rid of him is going to be that post June 1st trade. Yeah. So apparently in the NFL, June 1st is like the day where, you know, it's like the, the, the either it's going to kill your team or save your team. Yeah. It's like the line of demarcation <laughs> for the NFL in some way, in some sense. Um, if the saints trade him after that June one date, they can save they, they can save thirteen million dollars off of his twenty twenty one money and then obviously then he'll be off their books, you know, for yeah. the remainder of the contract. Um and I only think, sixty million dollars in dead cap, which is very manageable. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um the thing that I think is gonna be interesting is we're gonna find out before June first really what team either want he's going to or what teams are interested in him because they're going to be the teams that are saving some of their cap space, right? As we said, post-June 1st, that's going to be after, definitely after free agency, going to be after the draft. So, you know, depending on how teams draft and what they what they prioritize in free agency, whether it's keeping some cap space open, whether it's, you know, maybe using the cap space on other receivers. I'm looking at a team like the Jacksonville Jaguars, who I think it would be a really – Really fun move for him. Thomas is still young enough. I believe he's 25 or 26 years old. No, he's 27, Chad. Okay, well, he's still not ancient. Okay, still no. 27. He's still he's still got a decade left yes. in his career. <laughs> Especially with, the, you know, like we talk about all the time, how guys are aging now in a Especially way like Especially his before. skill set, right? Yeah, yeah. His he, skill set he's not a deep a... ball receiver. Yep. Find the pockets and get open. That's exactly his game. Um, but, yeah, I think a team like Jacksonville, the Urban Meyer connection, I think puts a lot of Ohio State guys just in play for them in general. Um, so I think Thomas, you know, who who was coached by Meyer over there, I don't know what their relationship was like, but, you know, I'm guessing it wasn't bad. Uh, and they have a lot of cap space. I think they have the most cap space in the entire NFL, close to eighty By million dollars. Yes, yeah, close to eighty million. Um, so that's a team who I could easily see, you know, trading for a guy like Thomas, pairing Thomas with Urban Meyer, and then a quarterback at number one. All of a sudden, you know, you're continuing to generate buzz, and you're also just making your team a much better football team. So for all the flaws Thomas has. I think he'd be a great guy to go down there. Can be a quarterback friendly type of guy, right? When the ball is near him, he catches the ball. He has a very nice catch radius, even though he's not that. He's only you know about six foot one, but he has a catch radius like like you know like some of the bigger receivers in the league. Um, and when it gets on his hands, he does not drop the ball. So uh, that's just a move that I could possibly see. Jonathan, any teams that you could maybe see Michael Thomas floating towards, or any team you would maybe like to see him on, other than Miami? I would not like to see him in Miami. Too I, much money. I, no, it the antics, man. This yeah. guy is is a guy, in my opinion, that's mentally soft. Okay, and that was um, the and that was the knock on him coming out of college, right? You know, and I didn't even know that. Chad, you kind of enlightened me to that 
uh, you know, when we're talking offline. Look, this is a guy that gets on a Twitter spat over what Devontae Parker said last year. This is a guy that he wanted the contract to be to have wording that made him for the hundred million dollars because it was too important for him to be the guy that makes a hundred million dollars. So they had to like rewrite it and structure it in a way where when they they put the headlines on the news, it it would say a hundred million dollars. Like, dude, who gives a shit about that stuff? I mean, I know you're good, but you know what, man? This is when you know you're great when you do it year in and year out and you know what this is the this year you didn't do shit yeah and you know what you got one of the games that you didn't play is because you got suspended from the team yeah from the from team the team because yeah. and nobody knows what you exactly did or what exactly what you said well i mean but, i think it, it it all stemmed from that you know him and malcolm jenkins got into that spat and oh, malcolm okay. jenkins one of the most respected guys in the entire nfl uh, okay. especially in that saints locker room so I don't want him as the Dolphins. Now, who, 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 look, there are some teams with a lot of cap space that can make this trade happen, right? Look, you're New York Jets, right? They yeah. need a stud and they got plenty of money. The Colts, they yes. don't need a stud, but they got plenty of money. The yeah. Patriots, who, who desperate for a stud, right? Now, the only thing is, it's like, what do you have to go give to go get a Michael Thomas? I believe it takes two first-round picks. Yeah, and right? and, and that was, uh, I believe that was the buzz that they were, I've read somewhere where people were saying, you know, coming into the season, I guess even coming into the season, there was, you know, potential trade talks with him that yeah. people were saying that, you know, two firsts was what would get it done. Yeah. And now they're saying, you know, because of how poorly he played this year, you know, maybe that could be down to a first and then maybe a second or something like that as the headline of the but deal. Whatever it is, is if you are a team looking for a quarterback in the draft, you yep. won't be able to give that up, right? Absolutely. So, you know, the Ravens have a lot of money, have a lot of cap space. Uh, according to multiple sources, uh, a, a number one receiver is going to fix their issues. That's a team that he can go to, right? Clear, um, cleared up five million more in cap space by cutting Mark Ingram the other day too. Yes, they did. Uh, there you go, running backs. You you guys know what's up. Um, so <laughs> you know, I, 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 can I give you a sneaky team? I love sleepers. Please give me a sleeper. San Francisco 49ers. In that offense, I think it would be perfect. Right. Yeah. I don't know what their cap situation is like right it's, now. It's in the positive. It's in the positive. Okay. They have some money, not and, a lot of money, but you know how it is. In the beginning of the offseason, nobody has any money, and then they restructure some things around, and yeah. all of a sudden, you have a lot of money left. Yeah. Well, and also, it's like if if you're if you're San Francisco and you want to go get Michael Thomas, and Michael Thomas wants to come play for you, yep. like you're gonna find a way to make sure Michael Thomas is on your team. Right. And and you know the elephant in the room that we've been talking about you know, for a good part of the season with San Francisco is they can get off that Garoppolo money really easily. You know? <laughs> yes, they can. <laughs> they can get off that Garoppolo money really easily, especially <laughs> if they're looking to maybe draft a quarterback or something but, like that. But that's the thing. Um, you don't – like the 49ers can probably live with a Garoppolo and a Michael Thomas, right? You yeah. know, it, it, it's like it, it, it's doable. Um, but no, I, I feel like the list of teams that would be looking and be able to accept a Michael Thomas 
it, it's there, man. Like you said, the Jaguars, who are going to have Trevor Lawrence and Urban Myers. The Jets, the Colts. I don't know about the Patriots because of the quarterback situation. Heck, yeah. Washington might come out if, if, if you know because they don't have a really good draft pick to go get a wide receiver, right? Yep. I'm sorry to get a to get, get a quarterback. So they're my like, okay, well maybe I cannot get my quarterback this year, but I can go get a guy like Michael Thomas. Yeah, and and the thing is, I think with whatever does happen to Michael Thomas, I think he's going to need to go somewhere where he's going to be in a structured environment that is going to kind of you know tell him that this is no nonsense and we're not going to. You know, the antics that we talked about and the mental softness, um, you know, that's just not going to fly in this organization. So, you know, I understand the Patriots from a, a mental football perspective. But like you said, until they get the quarterback situation ironed out, I don't see him going there. But, you know, some of those other teams can also provide that. I think San Francisco has built a strong foundation. Yes. Uh, Indianapolis, I think I think their coach, Frank Reich, is, is one of the most respected guys in the NFL. Um, so yeah, I could definitely see maybe one of those situations working for him. Yeah. It's all about the teams that have a quarterback and, you know, once they figure out their quarterback situation and they have the money, Michael Thomas makes sense. And let's be honest, it's most likely going to be a GM who's, who's in a very comfortable position. Oh, no doubt. Because you don't (laughs) want to be a new GM or a teetering GM and your move is to go get a wild card receiver. You know, and spend a lot of draft capital getting him. Hey, hey, Chad, Chad, Bill O'Brien is no longer a GM. Shit, no kidding. In the NFL, no kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and we're all and we're all the better for it too. <laughs> well, the Dolphins aren't. We can't. Yeah. <laughs> we can't swindle anybody anymore. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. But, uh, guys, with that being said, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, On the other side, we're going to, like we talked about, preview these championship games. What up, guys? Welcome back to the Lazy Boy QBs. Like we said, now we're going to go ahead and get into it, man. Championship game previews. Jonathan, let's go ahead and start with the NFC first. um, Okay. Because they're the earlier game on Sunday. We got Buccaneers at Packers. Packers favored by three. Uh, looking like it's going to be a chilly one down or up there in Green Bay. What do you what do you see? You know, obviously the thing we're all going to be looking at is we're finally getting Brady and Rodgers, right? Two of the guys who have generally been considered, I would say, the two most talented quarterbacks of their generation um, and, and successful, you know, in Brady's case. Um, finally going head-to-head in the playoffs for the first time. Jonathan, what are you looking for from this game and what, what, what could be some keys to victory? I think the key to victory is Brady's experience in cold weather playoff games. Okay. This is the one quarterback. If I'm the Packers, I don't want to play him, even if it's at home. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Brady has been there, done that. Right. Absolutely. Uh, he, he will not, be, he will not be affected by the weather. Not at all. He will probably embrace it a little bit. Now, do, do his teammates have to embrace it? Yes. Um, but but I think that's that's to me the the toughest role like that's the toughest team that if I'm Aaron Rodgers I'm playing this this season, um, even if it's at home. Um, I I feel like the secondary for the Bucks they need to find a way to contain Devontae Adams, right? Like they cannot let that man just do whatever he he does every single game. Absolutely. They need to they need. They need to contain him, and they got to make Aaron Rodgers throw to other 
guys because Aaron Rodgers is a greedy dude. And that showed in the Rams games. He could have been a little bit more protective of the ball. Yeah. And held on to the ball and kill some more clock. But he kept taking some big shots, even to receivers not named Devontae Adams. And I feel like that's where the Bucks need to capitalize. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think one of the keys for well I think the Bucks defense actually you know, for one, I, I've kind of been saying it all year. I think they're probably the better unit between their offense and their defense, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if they're able to get, you know, that consistent pass rush on him, JPP, you know, Shaq Barrett, those guys. But the thing is, they can't let him get out of the pocket. And it's crazy to say that about a guy who's, what's Rogers? I think 38 years old. But he still has found a way to, you know, he, obviously he's not going to be like Lamar or any of those guys running for 100 yards or anything like that. But he gets out of the pocket, and, and that's when he takes a majority of those downfield shots. Oh, yeah. You saw that move on Leonard Floyd. Yeah, right on the goal line. <laughs> yep. Yeah. That's the thing. is he, he he can still move around with the best of them. It's just he's not getting the, the 50, 60, 70 rushing yards a game or anything like that. But, yeah, his ability to buy time, stay behind that line of scrimmage, and extend the play, that's where, you know, that's where the, the – the timing and the the rapport that he's built over the past couple of years with Devontae Adams, who I'll be honest, is playing like the best receiver in the NFL. Um, you know, kind of works its works its works its magic. Yeah, because this is like the difference between this game and the Rams game last week. Like one of the biggest things that we we said that was like a key to success for the Rams was that the Rams could not get into a, a shootout, right? Like, if, if this game got into a shootout, Jared Goff was not going to be able to keep up with Rodgers. Brady is. Yeah. yeah. Brady is able to keep up. So if you keep giving Brady back the ball, it's not going to work out very well. Now, the Bucks had the number one rush defense in the NFL, right? I'm pretty sure yeah, this they year. Did. Number two was the Rams. So they're going to be able to probably contain that run, which is very good, by the way. Like, we don't equate Green Bay with running the football, but between um, Aaron Jones and I forgot who their number two is, and then, of course, the rookie from Boston College. Like, that's Jamal not a Williams bad... is the number two. Jamal Williams is number two. Yeah. And what's, what's my big boy from Boston College? A.J. Dillon. A.J. Dillon. That's a pretty good running game. Now, the Bucks, I feel like, are going to be able to kind of take that away. Um, so it all it's all going to depend on what kind of throws does, does Aaron Rodgers make. And I also feel like the the Bucks defense, the secondary is a little could be a little bit more greedier, and they they can turn the ball over like you saw against the New Orleans Saints. If if it gets into like a breeze like situation where Aaron Rodgers throwing interceptions, I'm telling you right now, the Bucks will win this game. Yeah, and I think um, you know you were talking about those running backs for for Green Bay. I think one of the 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 keys to the New Orleans game was don't get me wrong, Alvin Kamara. I think he had 85 rushing yards in yep. that game, but really was not you know, was not making the explosive back-breaking home run type plays, which I I get it. Alvin Kamara, you know, I'll be the first to say it is a, you know, one, you know, there aren't other guys that are like him really, but Aaron Jones is another type of guy who, you know, can, can play with power, can play with finesse, 
can play in the run game, can play in the pass game. So, you know, similar similar type of guy in that sense. And I feel like one of the keys is going to be if they're able to contain, like you said, if they're able to contain that running game or at least contain Jones in a way that he's not making the explosive play, he can still get yards. He's a really great player. He's going right. to get yards. But as long as he's not making that explosive backbreaking play, I think that's going to be something that the Bucks defense will, will will consider a win for them. You know, Chad, do you think that blowout in the beginning of the year, right, do you think he has any impact on this game? Because the Packers couldn't do anything against Tampa Bay earlier this season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I'll be honest, no, because I think both of these teams are also so different compared to when they played early in the season. Um, I think both teams are actually are much better than what they were at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rodgers is just playing with so much confidence and and so much, you know, ability right now. And he's just kind of letting that show. Um you know, and these guys are both guys that have been there, right? They understand yeah. that there's a huge difference between regular season football and playoff football. Um, and, you know, that game, I believe when they played, that game was in Tampa, correct, right? It was in Tampa. Yeah, so now they're going to be, you know, down in Green – now they're going to be up in Green Bay, January, a little bit colder, a little, little different, you know, battling the weather and, and the environment. Um, so I think that they're kind of looking at this as – a complete clean slate more so than, Hey, you know, what do we do in that game? That's going to be that that's going to be able to translate and have us be effective, you know, in this one. Gotcha. And looking, looking at the, you know, we spent a lot of time talking about the Packers offense versus the Bucks defense. What do you think are some keys for the Bucks offensively, you know, in order for them, you talked about Brady can get into a shootout with them if he needs to, what do you think is going to be key for them to be able to put points on the board? Just maintain a, a balanced attack, right? Uh, you know, look, the Brady and those weapons that we talk about almost every single episode, they're, they, they're able to throw the ball, right? Um, no no matter what, they're, they're going to be successful in just throwing the ball. Now, they need to keep relying on, on Rojo and Fournette and even Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, I, the thing is, I, look, I'm just going to go ahead. I think they're going to be able to score more points than Aaron Rodgers, and I think they're going to win this game. And it's mostly because this offense is just so balanced and their defense is going to keep them in it. Absolutely. You know, and I, I can easily see that happening. Um, but, you know, since you since you went ahead with it, I'm going to just go ahead and say as well, I actually have the Packers winning this one. I think Rodgers is just playing out of his mind. Um you know, for some reason, I just kind of trust their over. I trust that their team will play 60 minutes of football more so than Tampa. You know, that's that's kind of been the biggest gripe that we've had with Tampa this entire season is, yep. you know, can they string four real quarters together? I think in that Saints game, they didn't even, you know, necessarily do that. But it was just New Orleans played so bad offensively um, that it was a little bit easier for them. But I want to say that Tampa Bay, even though they don't play a full 60 minutes, they played the last 45 minutes or at least the last 30 minutes really well. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They're one of the best. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if probably numbers wise, they're one of the best, if not the best second half team, you know, in the NFL this year. Um, But it's a matter of, you know, okay, how much of a hole? Because the thing is, if you if you look to dig yourself in a hole, Rodgers will do it like Rodgers will. You'll, you'll be digging yourself with a little shovel. Rodgers will come behind with the bulldozer and just say, nah, we'll just 
you know, go behind three scores real quick and then you're playing catch up the whole second half, which yeah. obviously Brady can do, but at this point in his career, I don't know if that's exactly what you want him doing. All right, so you had it. You you're saying Bucks. I'm going Packers, right? Yep. Okay, so got that one in. Now let's move on to the AFC championship game, the late one on Sunday. I believe six forty five or six fifty kickoff. Yep. Um Bills at Chiefs. Chiefs favored by three. What uh what do, what do, what are we looking for at this point? Well, first off, I think just looking at that line, right? Yep. Chiefs by three, that shows that the consensus is Mahomes is going to play. That's correct. So, because even if they thought there was a realistic doubt, then they either wouldn't put a line on it or they would make it more of a pick em type or something like that, I feel like. No, you're absolutely right, Chad. So, what do you think, knowing that, you know, Mahomes most likely will be healthy, what are you seeing in this one? So these teams, uh, this is another rematch, right? Uh, they played each other, I think, back in October. I think it was one of those rescheduled games, and yes. it was actually a pretty tight game. Yeah. Um, play wasn't it played on like a? I saw sure it was Thursday played on like a Tuesday. Tuesday. I think yep. it was played on a Tuesday. Um, look, Chad, the Buffalo Bills are probably the hottest team in the NFL right now. I think if they had won that Arizona Hail Mary game, they would have yeah. had 12, 12 straight wins right now. Uh-huh. Uh Josh Allen, to me, is the second closest thing to Patrick Mahomes after Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, he said it on Monday, and and I was surprised how quickly I was just like, yeah, he's right. Stephon Diggs is has you no know, kind of he's always been really really good. Yep. This year, he's been exceptionally great, right? The, the, the connection just worked. Man, so there, one of the biggest stat lines in, in the uh, on the first game is that, you know, Clyde Edwards-Elaire ran for 161 yards. Yeah, he, that was like his coming out party, kind of. You know? And it didn't last very long. Yeah, well, It's yeah. not like he, he played like this for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, and he's sure. actually been banged up. I don't know because you know what I feel like as defensively on the secondary, I believe the Bills have enough to to keep the the Kansas City Chiefs in check. And you know what? Last week they proved to me against Lamar Jackson that they can kind of they can stop a running attack when they have to. Man, absolutely. Uh, I feel this game is all about. The Buffalo Bills defense. Can they step up again? You know, they yeah. did it against Big Rivers. Ask. Big they ask they did them. it against Jackson. They almost did it earlier this season against uh, against Patrick Mahomes. Or they did 26 points. That's what the, that's, that's what the Chiefs scored. 26. Yeah. I mean, that's, which, yeah, that's doing a good job against Mahomes. I, I, let's be against honest. Mahomes. Um, you know, but it is in a hostile environment, too. They have fans in the stands. But it's all about the Bills' defense it, it, because we kind of know what we're going to get out of the, in, in my opinion, the Chiefs' offense. I'm sorry, the Chiefs' defense versus the Bills' offense. Now, if if, Patrick, if Josh Allen can generate more and they need to run the ball, they, they, they were awful running the ball in yes. their first game, then I think the Buffalo Bills got a shot. 
Yeah, and I think the thing is, the, the key for Buffalo is not necessarily using the run effectively, although I do think they're going to need to run the ball effectively, but they can't abandon themselves from the run. You know, they have, to, they have to at least make Kansas City honor the run the entire game, which, I mean, in that Baltimore game, you know, 17 points that they was all they scored did a great job holding Baltimore to three, but, you know, they abandoned the run pretty much early in the second quarter of that one. Um, I think Devin Singletary, I can't even really remember anything he was doing. Hell, TJ Yeldon was like the guy for them in that fourth quarter who kind of helped him close the game out. Um, but yeah, I, I, I completely agree with everything that you said. Um, I think the difference, though, for for the defense of Buffalo is, you know, we talked about how great they played again. I, I don't think they necessarily played great against Indy, but you know, they played fine. They yep. made they made the plays when they needed to. I'll say that. Baltimore, yep. like, there's no you can't debate it. They had a great game plan. They played outstanding in that Baltimore game. Hold anytime you can hold a team to three points in the playoffs, that's big time. Um, but can they play in space? Because you know, mm-hmm. playing against Lamar and those guys. That's playing pretty much within the hashes for the most part. You're 90% of what's happening is going to happen hash mark to hash mark uh, versus playing against the Chiefs where you're playing sideline to sideline. Um, I don't know if they're, if they're athletic enough across the field. I know they've got certain players, um, you know, Tredavious White, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, guys like that who – who can play in space and are comfortable playing in space. But I don't know if across the board they have as many guys that will be comfortable with it as Kansas City does offensively. No doubt. But they can also apply pressure, right? And one thing that Patrick Mahomes does not like is pressure. Like, And even though he has that escapability, I feel like they have enough speed to also go get after Patrick Mahomes once he does escape the pocket, right? You applied that pressure with, you know, your Ed Olivers, your, your Jerry Hughes, your your Mario Addisons. And then if, if, if you get, you know, Patrick Mahomes outside of the pocket, right, where he also thrives, but you have a guy like Tremaine Edmonds kind of chasing him down. I feel like Tredavious White can't lock down uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, their safeties, you know, uh, between Poyer and, and the other guy, which is escaping, uh, Micah Hyde. Micah Hyde. They can, I feel like they can present a good matchup uh, against Travis Kelsey. Not saying they're going to stop the man because I don't know how to stop that guy, to be honest with you. Well, and you also, it goes back to what you said about Mahomes. What is stopping Travis Kelsey? You know, stopping is- Travis Kelsey is not allowing him to, you know, get a catch turn up field for 60 yards, right? Yeah. If you're going to give up a catch to, to, to Travis Kelsey... Got to rally to the tackle. Yeah, 10, 12 yards, okay, you live with it, you give him a first down, but you don't let it become a, a, a momentum you know, changer, right? Because that's what happens. They change the momentum. Um, be prepared to defend on fourth and ones and fourth and twos, right? Yes. Don't, they're, look, and they got so many things. That they they're gonna throw at you in Kansas City because they can run, they can throw, they can run an option. Like they're gonna the Kansas City Chiefs are gonna be multiple. But you know what, Buffalo, you guys have the studs. You guys have football players. In 100%. my opinion, really good football players to stop this defense. Now, gotta do better on offense too. Only two hundred, I think two hundred nine yards. I'm looking here for total offense last game. Yeah, Josh Allen has to be the MVP type of quarterback that we've been talking about all season. This is the last game that you can kind of throw a dud. This is the game 
where you need to shine, right? This is the game that's going to propel you to multiple MVP type of conversations starting next year. Yeah, and I think, I mean, like you said, I think Josh Allen's up for it. Now, did he play great in that Baltimore game? Absolutely not. Nope. I think you said the numbers. He Ned, I think he threw for like 180 or something like that, one yep. touchdown. But he made key plays when needed to get that victory. I think that's exactly what – or uh, he's going to have to do that while also playing probably one of the best games of his life. And is that a lot of pressure on a third-year quarterback? Yes, it is. But I think he's proven to us this year that he's worthy of, you know, he you could put that type of pressure on his shoulders. And I don't think that it would be something that's going to end up breaking his back the way it would have in his first or second year. And I would challenge him. Like, you know what? Patrick Mahomes won a, a Super Bowl in his third year. Yeah. You know, heck, yes, he's he only did. a fourth-year quarterback. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's like exactly. he's only a fourth. And this is his third AFC championship. So, Which is, I mean, that's just crazy. That's just luckless, silly. right? Like, <laughs> if, if, if Mahomes gets to, you know, three, two Super Bowl, back-to-back Super Bowls in, you know, his early 20s, I mean, come on now. It, yeah. Th- th- then all of a sudden, <laughs> well, then all of a sudden Brady's starting to stick around for maybe three or four more years so he can get a couple more appearances. You know, got to pad that resume for when Ma- for when Mahomes for when Mahomes starts to take over the league even more. I'll, I'll tell you what, Brady's happy that he got drafted in you know uh, two ninety nine or two thousand. Uh, he would not have been having a good time right now with oh, guys no. like Patrick Mahomes throwing the ball around. Uh, not at all. Not at I'll, all. I'll give you my pick, Chad. I'm gonna give you my pick. Go ahead, please give it. I know you're taking. Yeah. Yeah, you're taking I, Buffalo. I, I, yeah, man. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, not like I didn't foreshadow it, right? You know, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. I, it, it, it's it's that it's like you said, Josh Allen making the play when he needs to make a play, but then that defense, and I really like that Buffalo defense as as bend but don't break as they are. They they have. They're like a situational type of defense, right? Yeah. Like like that the interception in the end zone against Lamar Jackson last week. Yes. Uh, completely like destroyed the game for Baltimore at that point, in my yeah. opinion. Um I, and I think but, they're a defense that does a really good job of being able to take away you your primary option, whatever uh-huh. the primary thing you want to do is. Um, or at least make it so that that doesn't kill you. Um and if they're able to do that to the pass against Kansas City, you know, and they're able to I would say play two deep safeties, but, you know, even with two deep safeties, Tyreek Hill can still run past that. And can I give you one more thing that kind of led me to this, my, my pick? Absolutely. Yeah, I wasn't blown away by how Kansas City, you know, played against the Browns last week. You know, I, I thought they were going to make a statement. It's going to be a blowout. And you can even tell me that Patrick Mahomes went out of the game for the fourth quarter. But I was expecting a little bit more. Like, the Browns held them to field goals. And yeah. that's a bad defense. That's an unathletic defense. Yeah, I mean, yes, they did. But I, I think I think when Mahomes went out was – and this is – I mean, it's hard to kind of say for sure, but – I think that offense was kind of starting to get rolling right as Mahomes kind of got out of the game. You know, you had seen them kind of convert a couple third downs um, right before Mahomes had went out. They they got that conversion where – was that a third down or a fourth down on that option play that he ended up getting hit? 
think it was uh, a third. I think it was a third, a third and one. Down. Yeah, yeah that, thir- that third and one. So he, you know, they were converting. Um, and you know, the thing about Kansas City that just never, I, like, I can just never fully grasp, r- grab my mind around, is how easily they're able to get penalty yards back. True. Like, like, <laughs> <It's> like <easy. laughs> I swear, I, like, like, how many times they're in first and twenty, and then all of a sudden it's second and six. And you know, like, damn. Yeah, it's like it's like they're still getting first downs and two downs when they're starting at first and twenty. Um, so yeah, they're just their their offense to me is on another level. And I agree with you. I think Buffalo's defense has been one of the big winners of the playoffs. But I just think it's so much different asking them, you know, to guard or to defend, you know, all the way across the field versus and that's both sideline to sideline and vertically yep. versus with Lamar you're really only guarding you know hash line, hash mark to hash mark um inside the numbers and that's hey. running or passing and, and and I'll tell you what when they did it they held them to three points and I'm not saying that Absolutely. they need to hold Kansas City to three points but you can if you if you can hold Kansas City under 30 you always have a chance yeah, that's true, and I, and that's the beautiful part about Buffalo's offense now. In years past, you'd be like, well, if you hold them under 30, it doesn't matter because the offense couldn't get there. Well, now right. the offense can really get to 30 points. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm, expecting, I'm, I'm expecting a big game from Cole Beasley. Yeah, I mean, he, he can definitely be a difference maker for them. He can definitely – he's had a career year. Um, shout out to him, former Dallas Cowboy, was a great Cowboy. All um, pro. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, second team all pro this year. Yep. So, um, all right, yeah, you, you, you said it, you got the Bills, I've got the Chiefs. Um, it's funny, we both got complete opposite picks. Yeah. We, we've been in sync this whole season, but these last two weekends, I think, have kind of, you know, kind of gotten... We we're seeing things a little bit differently. Finally, I, I, I'm either really smart or a complete fool. So, well, I feel uh, the same way though. <laughs> I feel the same way. Um, all right, guys. With that being said, I think that's actually going to go ahead and wrap us up for today. Jonathan, anything else you want to hit on before we get out of here? No, I appreciate everybody listening. I appreciate the support. Uh, keep following us at Lazy Boy Q uh, on, on Twitter. Uh, and you know, continue listening to the podcast. Uh, provide feedback, uh, especially with going to the off season. We want to talk about you know different topics and keep you engaged. We're not we're not going to abandon you. All right, guys. Absolutely, absolutely. And I will say I have one uh, shout out to give in my brother Ethan. Uh, his twenty first birthday is actually on Sunday. So, oh, happy birthday, man! Yeah, as we're enjoying football, we're gonna the drinks will be flowing around us. That's for sure. So, well, as long as he doesn't make any like weird claims about Texas being the greatest college football team ever, I'll uh, make sure he, feel- I'll make sure he doesn't get that drunk to where all he right, says all right. that. But okay. right before that, I got you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that being said, like Jonathan said, guys, make sure you're hitting the you know hitting us up on. On Twitter, hitting our email, talking to us, keeping that interaction going, and we will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy your weekend. Ciao.